Thanks for joining us on the Crenshaw Christian Center New York podcast. And remember these words, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's jump into the lesson. The topic was given to me for me to do that personally, but it evolved into more of a general understanding about what a standard is, what God's standards are, what the world's standards are, and then how we fit into that. The uh, document that you were given with values in it is simply a thinking document for you. It's not covered in the lesson. It's not expected for you to go through and answer any questions. It's a stir-you-up thinking document. So we're going to start in. We're going to have a good time thinking about this. And we're going to be an open mind. And then we're going to go tell everybody how much we learned and how improved we are. (laughs) Okay. Um, Today is May 31st. It's Thursday night Bible study. It's Crenshaw Christian Center in the great city of New York. And I'm Minister Margaret Orm. And we're going to start in with a topic called Raise Your Standards. The word standard has different meanings. It can be a symbol of what is contained or displayed or is to follow. It can mean a level of quality or attainment. It can mean an idea of a thing used to measure, norm, or model in comparative evaluations. IEEE Association, which is the Institute of Electrical and Electronics Engineering, which is a well-renowned and respected organization, states that standards are published documents that establish specifications and procedures designed to ensure the reliability of material, reliability, think of that with yourself, reliability of the materials, products, method, and or services that people use every day. Wikipedia, my go-to source, (laughs) lists numerous examples of standards. From a standard being a type of battleship, a war flag, or another military standard, heraldic standards, which are used for personal identification, breed standards in animals and husbandry, Standards of care, mathematical standards, and gold standards, among others. It's also used in various phrases. For example, as a standard bearer, which really usually means somebody who leads or sets an example in an organization or for a cause. The takeaway point here is that not only do we set personal standards for ourselves, the outside world does as well. And the ultimate authority, the word, also outlines standards for us to follow, as well as protects us through those standards. We're going to look at four types of standards tonight. First, the standards that God uses to protect us. Secondly, the standards that God sets for us. Third, the standards the world sets for us. And fourth, the standards we set for ourselves. So let's talk about the standards that God uses to protect us. In Isaiah 59, 19, and I'm going to read them to you so 
make it easier for you. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. God uses angels to protect and guide us. His protection can be unobvious, such as giving us peace and strength. His protection can enable us to do things that we are ordinarily not expected or able to do normally. For example, a man has lifted a helicopter to save a coworker. Another pulls a tr- someone from a tractor trailer that's been overturned hanging on a cliff and breaks the window with his bare hands. Another one is a case where a woman ran alongside a bus, convinced the little kids, when the driver had a seizure, convinced the little kids to open the back door, climbed in, went to the driver's side, stopped the bus. And heroic how in the field of battle are done without thought of personal safety. These are all instances, I believe, where God has given the message to act and has given the individuals the personal strength and protection to carry out the act. God's actions are always right and fair. God uses angels to protect and guide us. So I'm going to give you some biblical citations for that. Although I know the Christians among us probably are already aware of that. In Psalms 91.11 and Luke 4.10 basically say the same thing. For he shall give the angels charge over thee or over you to keep you in all your ways. In Psalm 34.7 the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. In Matthew 18.10 take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones for I say to you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my father which is in heaven in Hebrews 1.14 are they not all ministering spirits set forth to minister for those who inherit salvation and in Exodus 23.20 behold I send an angel before thee to keep thee in thy way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. It's pretty clear that angels are our protection and that God has our best interests at heart. So now we're going to talk about the goal, the standards that God sets for us, which is to have life and have it more abundantly and obviously to do the right thing. God wants the very best for us. We all know that. Hopefully we all believe that. Even in times of trouble and challenge, we believe, as Christians, we should believe deep down that God still wants the very best for us. He does not set standards for us to be unbearable, difficult, or burdensome. He loves us unconditionally and wants the best in life for us. He wants us to make right choice to praise him, and to bring others into the kingdom. We see examples in the Bible where God was displeased because individuals made poor choices and may have brought dishonor to him. 
Starting right in the Garden of Eden, we have a decision and action which led to the punishment of Adam and Eve. They reaped what they sowed. Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt when she disobeyed and looked back at Sodom. When the Jews were set free from bondage in Egypt, they set out for the Holy Land. Moses, as you know, sent 12 people to check out the land. Ten came back with an evil report. Who suffered? Everybody. And they caused, God caused them to wander in the desert for 40 years. In modern times, to me, we have the shame and guilt if we're Christians when attached to dishonoring God if we do. May not all share that, but I believe that a lot of us would share that if we dishonored God. And that reminds me of the plight of Judas Iscariot who dishonored Christ, disavowed him, and took his own life, the ultimate. Therefore, it's important to know the standards that God sets for us. So, let's look at John 12, 48. God will judge us by the word which contains the standard of righteousness. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judged him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. In Matthew 28, or 23, 23, we talk about law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye pay the tithe of mint and anise and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone. In, a, in Luke 8, 15, Speaks about, he speaks about being honest and having a good heart. It's the parable of seeds. But on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. In James 1, 12 to 13, we know about enduring temptation. Blessed is the man which endureth temptation, for he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them who love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. In Luke 17, 6, we have our favorite at Crenshaw Christian Center, have faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it shall obey you. And in 1 John 2:17, and we speak about doing the will of God. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doth the will of God abideth forever. So now we have the law, talking about Old Testament. We've not adopted all of them as the Orthodox Jews have. However, it's important for us to recognize those and review those because they're still applicable. The content of the law is spread among the books Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and then he reiterated and added to Deuteronomy which is a second reading of law. And these include the Ten Commandments. 
So let's just take a look at those and see if they still apply today. Do not have any other God before God. Do not make yourself an idol. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not testify or bear false witness against your neighbor. Do not covet. Sounds to me like they're still applicable today. Sounds to me like they're standards that God wants us to maintain. But then when you go into the Bible, you've got tons of other things that can be extrapolated into minutia, if you want it to, to apply to you. You have moral laws in the Bible on murder, theft, honesty, adultery, etc. Social laws on poverty, inheritance, marriage and divorce. Food laws on what's unclean and clean. Purity laws on seminal omniscience, skin disease, even mildew. Feasts, you've got Days of Atonement, Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Sacrifices and Offerings, Sin Offering, Burn Offering, Tithing Offering, Heave Offering, Thank Offering, Incense Offering, Instructions for the priesthood and, priesthood and High Priesthood, including tithes, Instructions regarding the Tabernacle, you know what Jesus did in the tabernacle, right? To be respected. And forward looking for instructions for time when Israel will demand the king. And we know that in some faiths, they take those teachings and they extrapolate them into day-to-day conduct. So let's talk about the standards the world sets for us. Okay. Now this is where I had an aha moment. I thought this would be the easiest section of all to research and study. Because I figured the world sets a stillian standards for us. I mean, it doesn't matter from don't walk against the red light, you know, to, to things like um, don't spit in the subway if you're in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay? But when I was thinking about this, I decided that I would just look up and see if there were someone, some places that set standards. And get this, there's an international organization for standardization, which is an independent, non-governmental organization. Now think of this personally, how you're affected. With 161 national standards bodies, 780 technical committees and subcommittees, with more than 135 full-time employees. The International Organization for Standardization. They have developed 22,168 standards dealing with health, safety, growing a business, protecting the planet, feeding the world, nurturing the family, among others. I didn't even know that they existed, but it's a major organization setting standards. It's no wonder that we as Christians need to be steeped in the world and knowledgeable about what God wants us to understand and follow. His standards are simplistically boiled down to two in my mind. May not be accurate, but to me, it's to love him and walk in love. That's the way I look at it. Walking in love means doing his commandments, reading his word, believing him, acting on it. So what my aha moment was, 
was that by trying to determine, by trying to set up world standards, public standards, I discovered that public standards to me are arbitrary, capricious, indefensible, inconsistent, manipulated, and not representative of anything except potentially where you live, who your friends are, how you were raised, and what you personally value. If you don't want to have, some, uh, if, you, if you think it's okay for your son to rape a woman, then go move to the country that says it's okay. <laughs> if you think it's okay for child labor, then go live in a country where it's okay for child labor. So I thought about just beauty standards. That's kind of what started my aha moment. I don't know why, but I, I think it was because I saw some women who were accentuating their hips. And I thought to myself, that's not the beauty standard in some of the models in some of the European countries, but it is in, in this particular social setting where I was. So I said, your beauty standards could differ from stretching your neck. You know, women know about the collars that will stretch your neck up, right? That's a different beauty standard certainly than we have in the United States to ideal body shapes for men and women. Acceptable clothing choices vary both just from living to events to having nothing on, depending upon where you live, depending upon whether you're a tribal and you know, recently discovered or not discovered, you can have very little on. Standards for educational achievement. In your country, you could have a fourth grade education and that could be the normal. Or you can be here where you have an expectation of at least an eighth grade education, if not hopefully completing and going to college. Standards for language vary. You know, even in your social settings, do you swear, not swear? You know, do you use jargon, not use jargon? You know, what we say is an okay sign here may be offensive to another country. Standards for child rearing, nurturing, and punishing vary. Standards for payment vary from currency to barter to Bitcoin to cash to credit to loans or not being able to borrow. You know, not being able to pay interest, right? That's, a, that's here. There are standards for voting which vary. Standards for being able to view uh, information on the content or on the internet or not. Standards for drinking water, electricity or power supply, and insecticides. So what we learned to me from these short examples was the aha for me, that the standards which we have from the outside world are directly connected to where we live, what we experience, how we're raised, who our peers are, and what our social standing is. Whether what the governing body is, and whether it's by government or the local grocery store setting a standard, like don't touch the counter. <laughs> For example, if the US, in the U.S., if a vendor sets up a credit card only store, we don't have to shop there, but that's their standard. If a restaurant requires cash only, we don't have to eat there, but that's their standard. These standards may not affect our moral behavior, but they do affect our, they do affect our behavior in general. Which brings me to the standards we set for ourselves. So now we have 
when I started thinking and studying about the list of uh, standards we set for ourselves, which to me is where this emanated from to begin with, I said, well, it isn't just the standards we set, it's what causes us to think about those standards and what causes me to think about the standards I set for myself are the values that I have. The values that I have. The value I have is that I must um, go to church to assemble with others of like faith. That's a value. The standard becomes I go to church. You know, I may not want to go to church that day, but I go to church because that's a value I have. That's important to me. And your standards that you set for yourself become must-dos, not nice-to-dos, not maybe-I'll-do. They become a must-do. It's more than a habit. It's something that you consciously say, I must do. Like for the people who think that they have to drink a lot of water, God bless them. <laughs> Some people have set, set a standard for themselves that they want eight glasses a day. It's something that they must do. And the value is that they believe that the water, and they could be, and they would be right, I don't disagree, that the water is a value to their body. It's good for them, it nourishes their skin, nourishes everything, well, all the good things that water does. But it becomes their value is that water is good for their body, therefore I will drink it, and I will drink X amount. And that becomes a must do. That becomes a standard. So let's talk about standard a little bit more. That's why you have the list of values here. And anybody on Periscope who wants a list of values, you just call our friendly office and we'll see that you get a list of the values. They're just ideas like nature and quality and growth and happiness and justice and kindness. General topics for you to think about and how your standards fit into the values that you have. Dr. Carlos Campo, who's president of Ashland University, which is a Christian university, asserts that in a real sense, we are standard bearers for Christ, raising a banner for his kingdom wherever we go and in whatever we do. That's pretty heavy duty. We're a standard. I mean, it's one thing to say we represent Christ. It's another thing to say to me, personally, to say you are a standard bearer for Christ. I mean, not only we've heard here in this church that people watch you all the time, which is true, but, now, but this is watch yourself. This is watch yourself time. You're a standard bearer for Christ. I mean, whoa, you know? It's like he's behind you and he's saying, okay, that's okay, all right, what's next, Margaret? What's next? <laughs> he's, God is watching you all the time. He's judging you all the time. If you make a mistake, he's quick to forgive you all the time, but he's still watching. I mean, that's a little different. I didn't used to like it when my parents watched me. Now I have God watching me and in, and in me, right? He's in, he's in me telling me what to do. If I don't raise my standard to be a standard bearer for Christ, he's saying, gotcha, gotcha, no, no, no. And then you have to correct yourself, chastise yourself. That's not fun. It's better. It's better to carry yourself and try to do what you can do to really live up being, to being a standard bearer for Christ. You know? God's standards are the highest. I mean, you know, we're just people, 
but we have the spirit in us. We can, we can do this. We can raise ourselves up. We can catch ourselves. I can catch myself more than I used to be able to. And I know that we can catch ourselves here. You know, even if you're stuck in traffic, you can catch yourself. You can catch yourself on the subway when someone takes a seat or puts their grungy something or another on you or falls asleep and puts their head on you. You know, you can catch yourself. You know, you can catch yourself. And we can reach for the best by trusting God, praying, studying, following the word, and having patience in God's timing. It's not tough. It's not rocket science. But it's it's more awareness than anything else. And I think for me, having the awareness that the world standards, for the most part, while they help keep order, depending on where you are, are basically foolish. They're nothing like God's standards. There's nothing like God's standards. He doesn't care if you walk across when the walk sign doesn't show up. But you want to obey the law, so you wait. But it could have been just as capricious to say when the walk sign shows up, that's when you stay on the curb. And when it says don't walk, then that's when you go across the street. It's just, it's just somebody's idea of how, how it would work best. You know? Changing your standards or even setting them means that you must decide what's important to you and what's your priority. You've got to decide what's acceptable or unacceptable to you. When you look at your criteria, you may find that your beliefs are long-standing and have affected your standards. Okay, so let's talk about something simple. Finish everything on your plate because the poor children in the other part of the world are hungry. You've got to finish everything. You can't leave anything to waste. You know? Don't throw any kind of plastic container out at all because it's wasteful. So you'll find people who lived years back in the Depression have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of plastic containers because that was what they were taught. And their standard became waste not, want not. You have to decide whether that's important to you. Do you really need to finish everything on your plate even if you don't like the Brussels sprouts? No offense to Brussels sprouts. You must believe that you deserve the best and you can certainly meet them. If you believe you deserve the best, then you're, that's, your stand, that's your value. I deserve the best. We deserve the best. Therefore, I'm going to act the best. I'm going to hang with the best. I'm going to do the best. And I'm going to try to bring as many people as I can into the kingdom because it helps me to feel good that these people are going to have eternal life like I do that they're going to raise their level and they're going to be happier. This is a good thing to do. As you raise your standards to achieve them, it will affect your behavior and attract the opportunities you want. If you see people who are smiling, it brings something different than if you see somebody who's sad or grumpy or looks like they don't want to be spoken to or with, right? To do so after prayer time, you've got to be clear about where you are in relation to what you want to achieve. So let's say that you want a new job. Okay, I want a new job. 
that's, your, that's what you're asking for. You've got to be clear about what it is about a new job that will make you more satisfied than what it is with the job you have now. What is it about the job you have now that you don't like, that you can't change, that you can't make better? You're a Christian, you can make anything better. You can, you can speak to that job, you can ask God for help, and you can make where you are better in the interim while you look for something that's more satisfying or a growth potential or whatever it is. But you've got to be clear about why, why it is you're doing that. Why is it you're going after that eighth glass of water? You, then you set the new standard, and just in faith, you step out in action to achieve it. You do not cease. You don't get careless. You don't get frustrated. You don't lower your standard. You don't back down from adversity. You learn from it. You keep going and you stay focused. You're lifting your standard up. Sometimes if you change your standard in a particular thing, like let's suppose that you swear. Maybe some of us do, I don't know. Fortunately, you know, maybe you do. And you say, I'm not going to swear. Your family, your friends, your associates may notice the difference. They may notice that you're not, not doing that anymore. And they may, they may be a group of people who that's acceptable for. That may make them feel uncomfortable, possibly, depending upon what peer group you're with. So, but you don't change. Say, I've just decided I'm not going to do it anymore. I've just decided. I have, it is something I must do. I must not swear anymore. I must not smoke anymore if you smoke cigarettes or if that's what you want to do. And it will change you because you're establishing a new habit, a new rhythm, a new way of thinking, and you do not express anything negative about it to you. If someone expresses something negative about it to you, you rebuke it. You have to stay positive in what you've decided to do. However small it is, and you don't let anybody get you sidestep from it. It's something that you want in line with your values, and you've decided that this is a change you want to make. I mean, you could have 18,000 different standards. I mean, obviously, there are 22,000 here. You can have 18,000 different standards working at the same time. You know, this is like raising your conscious level. That's the point of what I'm trying to bring to you is to raise your consciousness about this, that you are definitely more than you think you are. You're definitely very, very special. And you've got the almighty God behind you. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So think of your standards as a goal. Tony Robbins, who we all know, whether you follow him or not, but he's a motivational speaker, and he says, if you can't, you must. And if you must, you can. So if you say, I can't jump over that puddle, then you gotta do it. And if you gotta do it, you can do it. Can do it. We can change our lives. We can do, have, and be exactly what we want. It's never too late. It's in your moment of decision that your destiny is shaped. 
And it all starts with what are your core values? And are they in line with the word? So let's talk about some general stuff here. Social, social types of standards, interactions, respect. Do you show respect to everybody? If they don't show respect to you, can you live with it? Does it get you upset? Is that something you want to change? Sports, work, education values, legal standards, moral standards, environmental standards. You know, how much do you protect God's creations, the universe, world, creature, and laws? You know, what is your standard? I wear leather. Doesn't mean I don't love animals. Doesn't mean I don't feel sorry for them, but I haven't gotten to the point of a value where I will stop wearing leather. It's all values. It's all values. And relational connections. Do you forget and forgive? Or forgive and forget? You know? I can tell you something um, that I do with an individual who is a right fighter. And that, and that is, I used to discuss with the right fighter. I had this dream that I was going to win. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily happen with a right fighter. So I had developed something in my own mind that seems to work for me. And that is, I ask myself if I'm in the middle of a discussional challenge with somebody, including the right fighter, am I really going to care about this a week from now? Or two weeks from now? Does it really matter? Is this something that is really that dis dis devastating to me that I've got to get into a heated discussion about it? Not a physical discussion, but a heated discussion. If the answer to me comes back in my mind, you won't even remember this next week. The right fighter wins. I just roll over and let the right fighter wins. The person's happy because they win. I'm happy because it's off me. It didn't matter in the long term anyway. It may not be right to somebody else's values to give in and let somebody else win when you think you're right. But for me, the value of maintaining decorum, respect, that person, keeping my hostility level down, not having to ask God for forgiveness because I spout it off, it's more important than winning the fight. It's a value. Right or wrong happens to be the one that I use. In personal value, personal standards, how about humility, integrity, accountability? Big deals. When you make a mistake, is it just God you tell? Or do you, you know, take it in? and go talk to the person that you may have affronted and say, I'm sorry. I didn't act appropriately. I didn't treat you with the respect that I would want to be treated. Takes a lot to do that. Takes a lot to do that sometimes. But again, it's a value. You know? Would you want that person to do that for you? How much respect do you give to somebody who normally you don't respect? Yeah. For some reason you don't respect. You may have completely opposite political views or spiritual views or whatever views, and yet they still reserve, deserve respect. You know? 
You have realism accompanied with faith. You lead by example and you're steadfast. Stick to it. On the financial side, do you have stewardship? Are you faithful with tithes and offerings? Are you consistent? Is that important to you? I mean, there's a lot of discussion in this church about tithes and offerings and pouring out such a blessing. But nonetheless, you may be a person that hasn't given tithes. Or maybe you're not a Christian and don't understand it. But tithes and offerings are important to the kingdom. And they're important to help people. Churches do more than just pay pastors. Churches provide benefits to the community. They provide benefits to their members. Members benefits like the ability to have a teaching that lets you grow and lets you spread love. I mean, how do you equate the cost of somebody loving somebody who otherwise would have just been mean? Yeah. Because they're changing. I don't know about the rest of you, but I've changed a lot since I've joined this church. Um, a, a tremendous amount. And I think it's, for the most part, been a change to the, for the better. But it's, it's tough sometimes. And the physical side. What about your temple? You know, where you live? How do you treat yourself? Do you feel guilty? If you're a guy going for a manicure because you think it's sissy? Or do you treat yourself as the women treat themselves? They deserve the best. They deserve to get a nice haircut. They deserve to get a nice shampoo every now and then. They deserve to get a pedicure. They deserve to be the best for God's kingdom. And the women, you deserve the best too. You know, if you want to change your look, you deserve to be able to do that without having being criticized. And you've got to respect other people. You've got to be non-judgmental. You know? If gray hair starts to show in somebody, they, you don't, you're not the person that's going to say, when's your next hair color? <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to say, you're God's child. You're glowing. You know, you've got the light. You're an attraction. Remember the law of attraction? You are, as God's children, Christian, you're the attraction. You're the ones who draw people to you. And you draw people to you by the way you carry yourself, by your demeanor, by your actions, the way you take care of yourself. You don't have to spend a million dollars on clothes, but you need to be clean. Very simple. Just need to be clean. So let's think about a few areas about where your personal standards are. And this, again, is just for you to think. There's no answers. It's just, this is just a contemplative exercise in becoming more aware of yourself and what you have to offer to the world and the fact that the world doesn't have to offer you anything. You make your own way. You make your own way with God. Okay, so let's talk about personal standards. The way you dress. The language you use. Yeah. He'd be going out the door tomorrow. You know, she done turn off the light. You know? 
Do you use English? Do you make a point to learn if whatever country you're in, proper grammar in that country? You know, when you're with your homies, that's another animal. <laughs> the way you talk to yourself. Oh, there you go again. Oh, you're just fat. No, you're God's child. He loves you just the way you are. You're the best. You're the best. Just look at Serena in the cat suit. I mean, do you believe it? Wonderful. The way you treat people. The way you expect to be treated by others. The cleanliness and order of your physical environments. It's a lot to think about, right? The maintenance and repair of your stuff. This precious stuff. That if it were all gone tomorrow, you still have you and you still have Christ. And it doesn't get much better than that. The way you take care of your teeth your nails, your hair, your breath. The way you show gratitude for the efforts of others. The way you pay your bills or make good on debts. The way you handle money. The way you value yourself. The way you ensure your long-term success. The way you communicate. And you could go, I mean, we could sit here, we could have lists we could be going here till 9 o'clock with people just giving additional things. These are just food for thought. The way you ensure that you do what you say you will do. So, I like a little saying that I, is kind of cutesy. goes along with my being kind of cutesy. It says, bring out the dog in you. Love, commitment, loyalty, joy, forgiveness interdependence, appreciation. When you think of a dog, they got all the right qualities. I mean, they don't hold a grudge. Like Don Quixote, take up the quest of the impossible dream. So now this brings us to the conclusion. Okay. It's important to protect yourself with the full armor of God. Christians today are taking the ideas and practices of our culture and forming their Christian beliefs around them. We are being taught by society to be tolerant, it's my personal opinion, of anti-Bible actions and practices. We must hold firm to God's teachings and commandments. Be sure your belt of truth is firmly buckled around your waist. Read in the book of Colossians how easy it is for the culture of the day to infiltrate Christian churches and teaching and water down the truth. In this day of moral and philosophical relativism, when many people hold on to the idea that what's true for you may not be true for me, we need to remember that there is only one truth. Amen. The word of God is our only standard for truth. Amen. Take your stand on the truth. Our hope is that you received something that you could apply to your life and strengthen your faith. At Crenshaw Christian Center, New York, we believe that the word of God is practical for everyday application. Feel free to stay in touch with us via social media, or you can give us a call at 212 749 
888-985-9323. If you're in the New York area, you're welcome to join us at one of our services. Our Sunday morning service is at the New Yorker Hotel at 945 a.m. That's on 34th Street and 8th Avenue in New York City. Or join us for Bible study on Thursday evenings at our fellowship office, 470 7th Avenue on the 6th floor, right in Herald Square. Thanks again for listening. And remember, walk by faith, not by sight.